You're listening to teaching from Castle Hills Christian Church in San Antonio, Texas. More information about Castle Hills Christian Church is available at chccsa.com. Dear Church, this is the message from the one who is the first and the last, who is dead but is now alive. I know all the things you do. I've seen your love, your faith, your service, and your patient endurance, and I can see your constant improvement in all these things. Go back to what you heard and believed at first. Hold to it firmly. Repent and turn to me again. I correct and discipline everyone I love, so be diligent and turn from your indifference. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Good morning. Today we continue our series on the seven churches uh, in Asia. And today we're going to be seeing the church of Thyatira. We find our scripture reading on this church, the letter to this church in Revelations chapter 2, verses 18 through 29. One of the longer letters to these seven churches in Asia. Uh, You know, different cultures have different and value different things. Some cultures value honesty above all else. Some church cultures value hard work above all else. Some cultures value family over everything else. Other cultures value the elderly above all else. What about our culture? You know, increasingly, our culture seems to value tolerance above all else. Tolerance has become the chief virtue. Although tolerance means different things to different people. According to our culture, if someone is intolerant, they lack love. If someone is tolerant, then they are full of love. But let me ask you this. Is it possible to be loving and intolerant at the same time? You know, this question brings us to our text today. Jesus, motivated by love, rebuked the church in Thyatira for tolerating immorality. Jesus knows that tolerating immorality is a deadly mistake that leads to destruction. Therefore, he passionately opposed to tolerating immorality. How about us? Are we guilty of tolerating immorality? In our scripture reading, starting in verse 18, chapter 2 of Revelation, and to the angel of the church in Thyatira write, the words of the Son of God who has eyes like flame of fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze, I know your works, your love, your faith and service and patient endurance, that your latter works are exceed 
your former, the first, uh, but I have this against you, that you tolerate that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess and is teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and to eat food sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent, but she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality. Behold, I will throw her into a sickbed, and those who commit adultery will, with her, I will throw into great tribulation unless they repent of her works. I will strike her children dead, and all the churches will know that I am he who searches mind and heart, and I will give each one of you according to your works. But to the rest of you in Thyatira, who do not hold to, these, to this teaching, who have not learned what some have called the deep things of Satan, to you I say, I do not lay on you any other burden. Only hold fast to what you have until I come. The one who conquers and who keeps my works until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations and he will rule with a rod of iron as when earthen pots are broken in pieces, even as I myself have received authority from my father. And I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And I think to understand this message to the church in Thyatira, we'll look at it in several ways. We'll, we'll kind of uh, highlight five things. And the first I want to highlight is who is this coming judge that is judging uh, the church? You know, Thyatira is uh, like the other six churches located in modern day Turkey. At the time the letter was written, it had about 25,000 people. The population of it was about 25,000. It was also the less impressive city of the seven. And the only thing really worthy of note of Thyatira, uh, Thyatira was you know, that there were several uh, prosperous trade guiles, something similar to trade unions now. There were guiles for bakers, bronze workers, tanners, clothiers, cobblers, dyers, and potters. It was nearly impossible to succeed in business if you were not a member of one of these guiles. Jesus is the Son of God who has eyes like a flame of fire. You know, in the first century, the only way you could get around in the dark was if you held a torch in your hand. Well, when Jesus is described by John as having eyes like flames of fire, what John is really saying is that Jesus sees everything, even the things we do in the dark. He knows all, he sees all. Nothing is hidden from him. He knows our motives, he knows our words, our deeds, and our deepest, darkest secrets. Because Jesus sees everything, Jesus has the right to judge everything. You know, as a child, I believed if I closed my eyes, 
and I pulled the covers over my head, the monsters that lurked under my bed and in my bedroom, they wouldn't see me. This was very naive of me. Yes, I know. Yet, I think some of us live our lives like five-year-olds. We think that since we can't see God, He can't see us. He can't see what we are up to. Let's not make that mistake. God sees everything. He sees everything in Thyatira, and He sees everything in our lives today. The other thing, uh, you know, uh, one of the things that that really stands out in, in this is that Jesus sees exactly what is happening in our lives. He sees it all. You know, he knows about those careless words we spoke last week. He knows about the websites that are visited. He knows the things you buy. He shows and he knows the shows you watched. He knows about your lusts, your greed, your anger, your jealousy, and your anxiety. So Jesus sees it all. We can't hide from that. Second thing is the church receives a, uh, receives a commendation. Since Jesus sees all, he is able to commend the church for their good works, love, faith, service, and endurance. And Christ also commends the church in Thyatira for her works, for her growth. You know, Christ says, your latter works exceed the first. In other words, you are growing. You're growing in grace. The works you are doing now exceed the works you did then. Christian growth is a good and right thing to happen. You know, if as a Christian you have stopped growing, then something is wrong. Why? Because if you're a child of God, you have been given a new nature. You are indwelled by the Holy Spirit. The power of sin has been broken in you. You have been freed from the clutches of the devil. All these things happen to you. And if everything happened to you like that, then you will grow. And the question is, are we growing? Are you more generous now than you were, say, five years ago? Are you less attached to money and things now than you were then? Do you pray now more than you did seven years ago? Do you serve more in the church or other people more than you did three years ago? We grow slowly, yes, but if we are alive in Christ, we will grow. And the church in Thyatira is recommended for growth. But she had some serious issues that needed to be dealt with. And brings us to the third thing I want to uh, talk about is that Christ criticizes the church in Thyatira for her tolerance. Her tolerance of Jezebel and her teachings. You know, in Israelite history, Jezebel was possibly the evilest, that's a new word, the evilest woman in the Old Testament. She is found in the book of 1 Kings. She was the exceedingly wicked wife of Ahab, king of Israel. You can find her story in 1 Kings, like I said. Uh, she was from Sidon. She grew up worshiping Astaroth, the religion of Astaroth, strongly encourage its adherents 
to participate in unbridled sexual immorality. Jezebel persuaded her husband, the king of Israel, to build a large temple to Astaroth inside the borders of Israel. Furthermore, she tried to kill all of God's priests after she uh, hired 850 of her own pagan priests. She not only worshiped false gods, she was a murderer, and she seemed to make it her life's goal to extinguish and destroy the religion of Israel. She's quite possibly the evilest woman, there's that word, evilest woman in the Bible. And so God, uh, Christ condemns Thyatira for to tolerating Jezebel, who lived a thousand years before this letter was written. With that said, more likely than not, there was a female in the church in Thyatira who was teaching the same things that Jezebel taught a, a thousand years earlier. The Jezebel in Thyatira found a way to convince the Christians in Thyatira to engage in sexual sin while eating food sacrificed to idols. Here's the main takeaway from this. Christ rebuked the church in Thyatira for tolerating Jezebel and her immorality, specifically sexual immorality. How are we doing in this area? Are we tolerating immorality in our church and in our own lives, specifically sexual immorality? Christ sees everything and holiness matters. Here's the fourth thing I want to see or, or share, share with you that there's a challenge to the church. Christ challenges the church to repent. Jezebel and her followers, her children, were given a chance to repent, and they did not do so. So God punished them with sickness and death. You know, this reminds me of that story in Acts chapter 5 of Ananias and Sapphira, where they tried to, uh, to, to lie to God. Uh, they thought they were lying to the apostles. But no, they were lying to God, and they are struck dead because they lied to God. Sounds kind of harsh, doesn't it? But let me tell you, God is love. And God wants sexual immorality to be out of people's lives because it ruins people's lives. It's like a cancer and it needs to be dealt with decisively. If you are tolerating immorality in your life, you must repent. If you do not, then God will see that you are punished for your uh, obstinance and being a, a sinful person. But if you do repent, then God will forgive you. And so God challenges the church to repent. God challenges the church to hold fast in verses 24 and 25. You know, thankfully, there were some people in Thyatira who had not been seduced by Jezebel. And so we must hold fast to the gospel, especially when we are being pulled and, and, and lured by sin and sin is trying to get the best of us. 
The fifth thing, the fifth and final thing is that the, what is the church's comfort? What is our comfort? Where do we get comfort from as Christians? You know, verses 26 and 27 say that those who have hold fast to the gospel will rule. The risen Christ promises that the one who conquers and the one who keeps his works until the end will rule with him, will reign with him over the nations. What does that mean that we will share in Christ's reign? I don't know for sure, but what I do know is that heaven will not only be a place of explosive joy, but it will also be a place of responsibility and service. And so we must persevere to rule and reign with Christ. Those who hold fast to the gospel will rule. Those who hold fast to the gospel will receive the morning star. And the morning star is Jesus himself. If you read in Revelations chapter 22 at the end of the book, verse 16, it reads as follows. I, Jesus, have sent my angel, my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. Those who persevere through faith will rejoice in his light, under his light forever. He is the source of all joy and happiness, the creator of joy, the creator of happiness. In his presence, his fullness of joy. There is fullness of joy. Rejoice always, Paul uh, told the church to the, uh, in, in Philippi. So it comes down to what do we really want? Jezebel holds out to us temporary pleasure, temporary joy, temporary happiness. Jesus, on the other hand, is pure joy, pure goodness, and light for all eternity. He will bring more joy, more happiness, than anything this world can offer. Money, sex, vacations, powers, prestige, status, anything you wanna name, the list goes on and on. And we could live a hundred thousand lives and we would not still be able to attain what Jesus gives us when we hold fast and persevere till the end. So perseverance in faith is worth it. In the end, if we persevere, we will be with Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you because you sent your son, Jesus Christ. And Father, we, we are so grateful that uh, whatever it is that we had to pay has been paid by him on the cross. And so Father, we want to be that part of the church that remains steadfast, that perseveres until the end. And Father, we want to be with you and your son 
and reign with him. Father, because we are grateful for what he did. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.